Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, Matt, I'm going to say it. May the fourth be with you, bud. May it be with you. Yeah. May the fourth be with you to all who celebrate. To all who um, celebrate. All the Star right. Wars fandom out there. Yeah. Hopefully, there's some good social content today, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, happy beginning of May. Yeah. Um, we made it to May. The April showers hopefully bring a lot of May flowers because, boy, we had a lot of April showers on the East Coast, but that's okay. Spring is here. And how how are you doing over there? I'm good, man. It's a busy little run here. Got a couple conferences coming up, a couple virtual webinars coming up. Um, just busy, man. You're back on the speaking tour. We're back on the speaking tour, thankfully. You know, took some time off um, for, for friends of the program. My wife and I had a, had a baby boy last year, so took some time off. Um, now that he's a little older and hang out with grandma and grandpa, we're, we're back on the speaking tour. So yeah, man, we, uh, we went to MSA. We're going to talk about the NISA conference coming up. I'm at CSP next week, uh, after, you know, people hear this episode and then got what, uh, naps in Jacksonville. We got CSA coming up in Colorado. Um, we're on the tour, man. And you know what? Like, I think that's a lot. David, David Cerns, our CEO, he's got like four in the next week and a half. He's just going place to place to place. It's a professional. Haley Marketing Speaking Tour. We'd love to come. If you host a conference, you host an association, anything like that, if we're not uh, a speaker, we would love to, to chat about that. So, hey, might as well use that as a plug, right, Matt? Yeah, and I hope you're getting some miles and points out of that too, bud. We got a Southwest credit card. We're getting the points. There you go. We're doing something with it. Well, hey, man, that's a, that's a good softball to us. Let's talk about the NISA annual conference. So I had the opportunity to attend the National Independent Staffing Association's annual conference last week in Dallas. Matt, incredible group. Uh, Dan Mori, friend of the program. He is the, I believe, acting president. I don't know the official title because I think their board is turning over or they're, they're going to vote on a new board. So right now he's the current president. Great group. Great group. It was in the um, at the Gaylord in Grapevine, Texas. Matt, I've never been to a Gaylord. Oh, absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Um, one of those things where, like you walk in and you're just expecting a hotel, like you just show up. I don't really, I will say, and maybe this is on me, when I go out and I speak or I do different conferences, I don't do too much research into the venue beforehand. I showed up and I was like, what, where am I? It's like a theme park. It's, it's, it's an experience. You don't, you could probably stay there for a month and do something different every day. They are, they are definitely an experience and not knowing what you're walking in for. I wish there was a camera on you when you, you entered the venue. I, I walked, I mean, I didn't leave for three days, right? I, the, the conference was so great. I didn't have to, and then dinner and everything was there as well. But it, 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 it wasn't a hotel. Let's just say that there was so much more. Um, but you know, outside of the venue, great venue choice by that board and that team outside of the venue, Matt, ton of great takeaways that I wanted to bring to the show and wanted to get your feedback on as well. I know you didn't attend, but I'm, I'm hoping to have some good dialogue on some of the points here. 
And primarily, I want to talk about one of the sessions from our friends over at Staffing Referrals, who talked a lot about generating candidate referrals to increase your candidate flow. Matt, I believe I sent you an email yesterday with a bunch of the data points. And if not, if you didn't get it, maybe you didn't read it. Who knows if you actually check my emails. Oh, We're going to walk through, right? So why do referrals matter to staffing agencies? Well, their data. So again, from staffing referrals, agencies are spending an average of $149,000 per year on job boards. The challenge there, Matt, from again, staffing referrals data at the NISA annual conference 76% of people surveyed found their job somewhere other than a job board. Matt, you're the recruitment marketing guy. You're the job board guy. Is this a concern for you? I'm the numbers guy. So it could be a concern. Sure. I mean, I can, I can spend data till, till the cows come home, Brad, as they say, and I'm sure stepping referrals can as well, but it, it, you hear that. So you say, okay, $149,000 over 12 months. So $12,000 a month we're spending to get 24% of candidates is what I hear. The other 76%, I would love to know what are you spending to get that those other candidates, right? You could have other um, expenses. It could be personnel. It could be software automation. It could be you know anything that goes into that. So I think when I hear that, it goes back to one of the principles I believe in with, with anything you're investing in. This isn't just job advertising. This should be anything a business makes investment in. And this is the CFO probably cheering this on is what's my ROI on that investment. So that's, that's what you need to hear. And when you hear that, you're like, Oh, that sounds bad. I'm spending $150,000 only getting 24% of my candidates, but let's think about it further and, and just dig in deeper. And we're not going to do that here, but that's, that was my initial response. When I did scan your email, I don't, I don't, I didn't read it. I scanned. <laughs> I appreciate the scan. I appreciate the scan for friends of the show. Just know that Matt did not reply and say, thanks for this data. Uh, he did not have the the audacity to do that, but I appreciate you scanning my email. Matt, another data point from the from their session. 28% of people found their current job through a friend or a colleague, which is up from 24% in 2021. I love this data. And candidly, of course, staffing referrals is going to have a data point like this where they're talking about referral programs and they're talking about all that. But Matt, I saw this as a huge opportunity for us in a marketing seat and I actually brainstormed the entire flight home from Dallas on this topic, what can we do from a marketing standpoint to generate more referrals? Because candidly, I don't think we're doing enough. And if 28% of people found their current job through a friend or a colleague, well, then we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to entice those people to to share a referral. Matt? It's interesting because I always thought and this could be inaccurate. I've heard a long time ago, you would break it down into thirds, a third new candidates, a third current existing cancer database, and a third kind of referrals. So it's matching quite kind of closely, right? 24%, 28%. And I agree, referrals aren't promoted enough, especially if it's that high. Like you hear about, oh, I got to sponsor my jobs a lot. And they're pretty close, like 24, 20% um, within the margin of error. But you don't hear people saying, I got to focus on referrals more or, you know, referral bonuses are so small. I kind of laugh at them sometimes when I see $25 and $50, like the impact to your company is probably more, but if referrals are bringing, you know, almost three out of 10 candidates, we probably do need to push that more and make the challenge. And I don't know if you want to get into this here, maybe this is what staffing referrals does is make it easy. It seems like it's a challenge to refer a candidate. Like if I worked at Haley Marketing and Brad was my buddy and Brad didn't, 
I mean, let's take a step back at a staffing company, right? You know, I work at a staffing company. I want to bring my buddy Brad there. How easy is it for me to, to recommend Brad as a referral and then one, and then two, to get, um, some type of reward or compensation for, for doing that, which most companies probably have. Yeah. And and they do, they have software that almost gamifies this so that every candidate gets a unique URL. Would actually love to have them on the show to articulate it better to everyone exactly what their platform does. Cause this talk was really the theory behind it. They did not go into their product specifically, but in knowing them and in talking to them, um, they do have software that essentially gamifies the referral process so that everybody has a unique URL. They know behind the scenes, okay, Matt referred this person, that person went to work. Matt, I was employed by Haley Marketing because of a referral. A friend of a friend of a friend worked at Haley back in the day, got to me somehow. And you know I've been here 10 years. So you think about the impact of that referral, that's huge, right? Um, they did talk about, and maybe we get back to data after this, they did talk about sort of nine steps to creating a successful referral program. So I'd love to share that quickly, Matt, um, because you alluded to why it's difficult. And I think that the difficult nature of it is, like you said, when do we pay out the bonuses? Do we have a system in place where we're generating these? So there, there are nine steps to creating a successful refer, referral program are as follows. One, you have to live by the NPS of your candidate experience. We need to measure the candidate experience. We need to set improvement goals. So what? how many referrals did we generate in April? What's the goal in May? We need to set those improvement goals. We need to have a process for uncovering and responding to negative perceptions, reputation management. We need to hold ourselves and our team accountable. So if we say, okay, we are going to strive to have 10 referrals generated by each team member, we need to hold ourselves accountable to that. We need to work on our employer brand. Matt, you talk about this consistently across Insights. Um, And they actually alluded to 71% of candidates researching a company before applying. Personally, I think that number is low. We need to treat all candidates well. We need to make it easy to apply and easy to refer. And then we need to communicate in a timely manner with the referral and the referee. Um, Referee? (laughs) That's not right. But we need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to communicate that effectively. Um, And then they actually went into why it isn't easy, or I'm sorry, why everyone isn't focused on the referral program. And they had mentioned that it's just difficult to track those referrals, placements, payments. It's hard to get recruiters to consistently buy into it and ask for those referrals. Um, and then really did come back to paying people. But Matt, if we see that 28% of uh, you know people found their job through a friend or a colleague, I think it's critical that we lean into referral programs, especially when it's so hard to find good talent right now. You know, 3.5% unemployment, essentially everyone who can have a job does have a job. So let's start working a referral program to get people that are passively looking to now apply should be a tactic, you know, definitely yeah. probably needs to be promoted more. And I, you know, yeah. one of the challenges at always at Haley Mark, we've talked about here and it's something we've never really pursued. Cause I mean, this company now exists to, to do this is it's hard. It's hard to track. The friction is high. You need a really simple process in place from this, from the viewpoint of the referee, the person doing the referring, um, the referee, that's probably the big, the, yeah, the referee, that's the biggest challenge I think with this is making sure it's simple and easy for me to refer somebody and this process, you know, companies are out there working on that cause it can make a really nice impact. As you said, Brad, unemployment's low right now, job count's still high and you can't just refer on, or excuse me, rely on, on posting and praying, you know, have, you know, have your database, you have your, your sponsor jobs, and you also should have some referrals to help, um, you know, different ways to to keep your bench full and to hopefully find some more quality candidates. 
Yeah, and, and two more things here, Matt. I think there's a distinction between someone who's willing to leave a review and someone who's willing to give you a referral. If I leave a review for your company, I like it. I like the product. Maybe I try a new protein bar, whatever it is. It's good enough for me to leave a review. For me to actually give you a referral and say, listen, Matt, you have to eat this. You have to try this. That creates, um, it's, it, it's harder to get somebody to do that because they actually have to have loyalty to your brand. So if you're listening, thinking, well, how do I start a referral program? We need to start with those individuals, those candidates, maybe even those clients, if we want client referrals, right? We need to think about those people that absolutely love who you are and love what you stand for. Matt, I got one more series of, of data points here, and this was in just a, an absolute run of a statement from the team over at Staffing Referrals, again, from the NISA annual conference. When talking about why referrals matter, referrals matter because they are 16 times more likely to lead to a placement than a job board candidate. They're 55% faster to hire, have a 70% increase in retention, and on average, save a company $3,000 per hire compared to job boards. So Matt, a ton of data, but, and like you said, you know, anyone can spin data how they need to. And I understand that as a presenter, I get the story that we're trying to paint here from the presentation, but this data screams at me. We need to invest more time and effort and energy into our referral program. We simply cannot look the other way. It sounds efficient. Like I'm probably not going to refer a crummy candidate to a company. That's what I hear when you said 16 times more likely, right? I'm not going to just say, oh, hey, buddy, Brad, go, go, you know, or rent, you know, that's not a random person I'm fighting on the street to say, go apply. It's someone that I think hopefully would be a good fit to work at this organization. So that's what I hear there. And yes, we need, you know, leaning into it. Um, sounds like a really good idea. I, I think that's right. So if you have your post on a, on a job board, like Indeed, for example, anybody and everybody can apply. A referral though, Matt, for you to see a job, reach out to a staffing firm and say, listen, my buddy Brad would be perfect for this role. Of course, the data lends to faster placements, increase in retention, because there's some sort of continuity there. It's probably not the right word, but there's some sort of just loyalty to the person, the job, exactly, right? So it just kind of works. Um, overall, though, Matt, just to get back to the conference, right? Incredible group. If you're not a part of Nisa, I would encourage you to check it out. You could go to... Um, we'll put a link to the, the URL directly in the show notes because I don't know it offhand, but I know they're looking at growing their membership. Um, but you can reach out to their team and, and learn a little bit more about them. Fantastic group. Want to give Dan and his team a shout out one more time. Thanks for having us. Um, and hopefully you got some nice takeaways as I referred to the session hosted by Staffing Referrals at the NISA annual conference. Matt, I'm excited for this one, buddy. I texted you this segment idea probably two weeks ago. And you said, do you want my take now or later? And I said, save it. And you said, good, because I want to save it. Friends, I had, a, I had an epiphany when I was at the grocery store the other day. An epiphany, Matt. It's a good one. Protein bars. Why do people buy protein bars, Matt? They're a commodity, right? You go down the protein bar aisle. There's probably 200 of them. Different flavors. All around 20 grams of protein. They all scream that they help you build muscle faster, or help you recover faster. They all have the same value prop. Some of them are differentiated. Some of them are whole foods only. You know, you think about the, the, the super uh, health conscious bars that are only organic fruits and grains and things like that. Some are super overprocessed. Um, you know, I know the Gatorade one that I bought the other day is probably not the best for me. It's probably just like a, you know, Snickers on steroids. 
I get it. They're super good. <laughs> They're super good. Differentiation, I guess, right? The good flavor. But Matt, as I bought those bars and as I was sitting there, as I typically do and, and start to think about the show because the show never escapes me, I started thinking in a lot of ways, staffing firms are just like sitting there in the protein bar aisle. For the most part, stereotypically, we have the same value proposition. We do the same thing. We have the same messaging. What makes us unique? What makes us stand out on that shelf? Well, maybe we have different packaging. Maybe our logo is purple instead of blue. Is that enough? And Matt, maybe it is. Maybe you'll get a customer or a client or two, right? People are window shopping and they say, sure, I'll give you a shot, just like I did with the Gatorade bar. But Matt, I had this sort of, like I said, an epiphany in this analogy of we need to stop treating our staffing firm like a protein bar in the protein bar aisle. Now, Matt, I'm going to hang up and listen because I want to know your thoughts on this. I, I alluded to it with your Gatorade take, which I wasn't expecting. Um, and it's also could be with podcasts too. The packaging, the value prop, the, oh, hey, plant-based. Oh, hey, you know, some, whatever it is. It gets me in to buy one unwrap the wrapper. Here's where I think the differentiation is. And I don't know what it is for staffing agency. So your brain's going to have to help me here. Does it taste good? Because I've had some bad protein bars. So I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very loyal to the Legion protein bars, right? Very loyal. Just wanting sponsors here. Oh my God. It'd be great. It would be so great. Listen, I'd eat one on every show, <laughs> but <laughs> that would be, that would make for awful radio. But why am I loyal to that brand? Well, I absolutely love the Mind Pump podcast. Matt, we've talked about it in the show, so absolutely available to give them a plug. I've done all, I've done now three of their workout programs. I listen to every episode of the podcast. What bar do they talk about? What supplements do they talk about? Legion. So of course, I trust them. I believe in them. So now I, I use that product. That's why I'm loyal to that bar. So how does that spin to staffing? Where were, wait, where were you going to go with Gatorade? I'm sorry. I wasn't going with Gatorade. I was going with the protein bars and saying there's okay. not a lot of differentiation in staffing. You know, our CEO, David Cernan, right. had a huge ebook and, and webinar on this last year. And mm -hmm. it gets you in the door. But once I unwrap it, what, when I eat it, and it, do I enjoy that? What's going to keep okay. me from moving on? Because some protein bars are great yeah. and I'm loyal to a couple. My wife bought sure. some the other day. She's trying it and we both thought they were terrible. May have been the worst one I've right. ever had. I'm not going to mention what they were. But right. that's where, that's my experience, I guess. And you can say this with whatever. If it's protein bars, staffing agencies, we got a staffing agency, maybe five in a shopping plaza or five down the road down here. When I walk yeah. in the door, What's my experience like? And then further on, if I like it, you know, maybe I buy one, I go in to apply for a job. I get put on assignment. I'm buying a box. I'm just running with this here. So I'm starting to, to, it's a good analogy. It is. So that's where my initial thought was. Yeah. There's not a lot of differentiation between what's become a commodity in the food industry, but the differentiation is my experience with it after I purchase and unwrap it. So, so I can, I can live with that. Right. And we, we scream mm -hmm. candidate experience, customer experience all the time. Mm -hmm. We talk about reducing friction. We talk about why you need to be true to your candidates, why you need to have that relationship marketing, why you need to have database management. We preach that left and right. So Matt, I'll agree with that. If you have the opportunity to have a conversation with a candidate, 
or a prospect or a customer, whatever it might be, how do you make sure that that's the last conversation they ever have? And they become so loyal to you that they don't want to go anywhere else. How do you, once they they try the protein bar, say, listen, this is so good. I don't want to try another one. I'm, I'm all for that. So Matt, what do we do, right? How do we get people to buy the protein bar? How do we get people to, to reach out to our staffing firm? Well, you alluded to having a great candidate experience, making the experience so good that they don't want to go somewhere else. Matt, right now, if we look at the candidate experience, we look at the customer experience, you listening, how long does it take you to get back to a candidate when they apply? If a prospect reaches out, what are you doing? Are you calling them right away or does it sit and wait? If someone downloads an ebook from your website, do you have marketing automation in place to stay top of mind? Or does that resume go into a black hole of nothing and that candidate have no idea what's going on or where they stand in the process? Because if that's the case, they're going somewhere else, plain and simple. Matt, I started alluding to reviews and referrals, right? Segment one was all about generating staffing referrals and generating referrals from candidates. The reason that I am so loyal to a specific bar right now is because the individuals that I trust tell me that I should eat it. And I am so loyal to them, I don't even know them. But I've seen the positive implications of the programs that I followed from them. I've seen the positive implications in some of the the life changes that they've suggested that I make just from the podcast that I trust them. So now I eat the product. So friends, from a staffing standpoint, who is so loyal to your organization? Are you creating brand advocates? Are you creating people that love your brand so much that they cannot go anywhere else because they love working with you. I was thinking about the referral part as I was talking earlier, and I, I didn't have time to get there, so I'm glad you did. And that's that kind of you know it all ties it together. So um, I think that's that's the big takeaway here is is you probably didn't come today thinking we were going to tie together protein bars and staffing agencies, but it works and it works with anything. It's like podcasts, right? Like we've talked about before. Hopefully, right? You come for the the topics, you stay for the hosts. And that's, there's so much content out there and that's with anything in life. If you have a really good experience, you know, someone might say, Hey, I'm a golfer. Actually, this is a great example. I'm going to bring in podcasts here. Hopefully get to the end of the segment. You know, Matt, listen to a couple of these podcasts. I mean, there's a billion golf podcasts out there right now. Some are with different content, but I like the host on some, I like the content on some and I didn't like it on the other one. So I, I stopped. And I think that's where just you, you can get people in the door with your marketing, with your advertising. But once once they're in there, what experience are you providing them to to build that brand loyalty as, as you talked about? I'm all for it, Matt. And and I think um, you know, there's there's multiple ways that we can take this segment, but I, I think we've done a good mm-hmm. job exhausting it. Is your staffing firm a commodity, just like a protein bar on the shelf? Or do you have an experience and a, a campaign built around what makes you unique that candidates and prospects have to work with you, that they want to work with you? Or are you leaving your applications and job orders up to chance? Matt, at the end of the day, all of those protein bars get bought by somebody at some point. Whether it's somebody just trying it, running quickly, they're on sale, whatever it might be. At the end of the day, everybody ends up buying one of the protein bars on that shelf. The challenge there, friends, is we don't want to leave your business up to chance. We want to make sure that we have educated, strategic campaigns in place to generate those applications and generate those job orders. And I fundamentally believe that we can. And if you want any help generating those, we'd love to chat. You can reach out to our team of marketing educators, and we would love to put together a marketing campaign that helps you drive those job orders and applications that differentiate you from your competition. Matt, one more segment, bud, and I got to talk rockstar marketing. You know it. This, 
caught me in my tracks, Matt. And you asked me the other day, what constitutes good marketing and rockstar marketing? Rockstar marketing to me is something that I see that I say, wow, it, it, it's one of those like gasp types of moments. Like, oh, that caught me off guard. I didn't expect to see that. So Matt, we just talked that I was at uh, NISA in Dallas last week. I land. The first thing I do, pretty much any flight, pull up the Uber app. How long is it going to take to get a car? So I know, okay, what do I got to do here? Think about that. That's usually the first thing I do after texting my wife and telling her the plane landed, which I don't think ever goes away. When you fly, it's just like, you just do it, right? You got to tell, I, I text my wife, I text my mom, right? Hey, I made it. Of course you did. Anyway, I open up the, I open up the Uber app and then I usually open up my email because I truly never stop working. So the first email that hits me, Matt, that I screenshotted to you and sent faster than probably anything I've ever sent you. An email from Uber with the subject line, welcome to Dallas. Matt, my God, it stopped me dead in my tracks. They did it again. We've talked about Uber. We've talked about their email automation before. Matt, they did it again. They did. I mean, I've received that as well. I don't know where I was, somewhere. Um, maybe recently when I was in New York City. But it, it's good. And that's where that's why I asked you what the difference is, because I've seen that and I, I've received it. So it's like, it's good. Like I almost expect it from some companies at the, this point, but then I guess, but that's why I asked you because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It may be because we're in marketing and I understand location services and I went into the app and I'm logged in. Oh, boom, triggered it. Yeah. Good job. Uber. You, you sent me this and it, I just, I, I don't, ex you know, if somebody doesn't do it, I'm just like, okay, whatever. The interesting part there is I believe the last time we talked Uber, I hadn't been in one in a while and it said, welcome back, Brad, we've missed you. So that was a, that was completely different messaging based on it did. app usage and app performance. I'm traveling though to San Diego, Matt, next week. I love, I'd love to see if I get another one of these and we'll have to report back. So is this rockstar marketing or Matt, like you said, do we just come to expect this from some of these big tech companies? Okay. Well, Matt, we talk about Amazon and we talk about how they have a funny way of screwing things up for the rest of us. We talk about Uber, we talk about Instacart and how they have a funny way of screwing things up. What do our candidates expect from us that we are or possibly are not doing? What do our prospects or our clients expect from us that we are or possibly are not doing? You're right, Matt. I was logged into the Uber app. They know I'm in Dallas because they know where my location is. I get an email saying, welcome to Dallas. You know, when you're on the go, let the Uber app help you make the most of your time with travel options. Easy. Because I'm logged in, they know where I am. I get it. But we are not doing this in staffing. And to your point, Matt, where you expect this from some of these big tech companies, maybe it's time we start. It's it's what comes in and e-commerce and retail carries over. You know, do you have a chatbot on your website that answers questions easily for candidates or follows up very, very quickly? Because, you know, think about chatbots or airlines right now. You call someone, you're you're in line for three hours on the phone, hopefully they call you back. You know, those types of things. So I think what people are expecting can if you bring that over from other industries, can probably put you ahead of the game compared to the staffing industry, um, which usually doesn't adopt as quickly as other industries. So that's that's a great thought you have, you know, building off what I said, um, you know, kind of expecting it. Okay, what can you learn from other companies and bring it over to to your industry, to the to your company, your industry? And that's Rockstar Marketing, Matt. Rockstar Marketing is by definition, the the talk that I give is what the staffing industry can learn from sports, entertainment, and the largest online marketplaces. So that talk and that presentation 
provides me the opportunity to share fun and exciting things that I'm seeing outside staffing and then relate it back to how you can be doing this for your business. So you can absolutely throw everything on whether or not I'll talk about this at CSP next week. The answer is yes. So if you're a gambling man, bet the over, bet yes, because this is going to get talked about. But Matt, back to how can staffing firms lean into this? What happens when a candidate looks at your career portal? If they're in Buffalo, do they automatically see jobs in Florida? Because that doesn't work for me. If a prospect looks at your website, do we know who they are? Do we have IP tracking? Do we have the behind the scenes information to know, okay, this person is from this company? Do we have that sort of insight? Do we have clean databases? Matt, let's start with a clean database. Do we know where somebody is in the decision-making process? Do we know if they're a current client in our database, if they're a former client, or if they're somebody that we met at a conference six years ago, but never actually done business with? That is rockstar marketing to me. That is taking your marketing to the next level. That's taking it from Uber could have said, hey, Brad, book a car, call a car. But just that small, small customized automation makes it so much more impactful to me. And that's why I think I wanted to talk about it on the show. Matt, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we do when I fly to San Diego. I'm excited to see if I get another email. I don't know. Um, I, I frankly don't know, but we'll see. Maybe they can throw you a promo code next time. You know, usually we say no free ads, Matt. I must have listed at least 20 companies today. Um, luckily, <laughs> the marketing team doesn't really hammer us on the, hey, no free ads, but we dropped a ton of plugs today. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it was a heck of a show, right? We talked about the NISA annual conference and some takeaways from there. We tied that together to why staffing firms can act or should not act like protein bars. And we wrapped it all up with some rock star marketing from Uber. Matt, hell of a show, bud. I had a good time on this one. It was good. A lot of good topics. I think bringing in, you know, like we try to do, we try to bring in topics from everyday life and how can you learn from them, even if it's just a little bit. Um, a couple of random ones today, but they make sense when I think you you think through them and listen to it. And hopefully it was helpful for the for everyone listening, which we appreciate you always listening um, to the podcast. We do appreciate that. And if you have a second, we'd love to know what you think of the show. You can leave a review on iTunes or on your preferred podcast player. Heck, you could even shoot Matt or I a message on LinkedIn. We'd just love to know what you think of the show. We'd love to know if you have any sort of topics that you'd like to hear us cover. If there's anything that you'd love to hear us cover and you've heard it in the past and just want to let us know, we'd appreciate that too. So take a second out of your day over a cup of coffee. Let us know what you think of the show. Again, you could do that on your preferred podcast player. You could shoot Matt or Brad a message on LinkedIn. We'd really appreciate that. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? Well, you can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators and be sure you tell them that insight sent you. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.